Good morning and welcome to the Morning Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Ham, coming to you as always from the Spotlight Studios in Morristown, New Jersey. We got a great guest today. He is a digital account manager at the Walt Disney Company, a board operator at WFAN Radio, and host of the Subway Sports Talk Podcast, Pete Kennedy. Pete, welcome. What's up, man? Thrilled to be here. This is so fun. Uh, I've been grinding on the Subway Sports Talk podcast, and it feels great to be a guest here. I don't, I don't have to drive the show. I just get to follow your lead and spit out some hot takes about stuff. I know, and, and you're more of a pro at this than me, which really puts the pressure on me to you know, make sure I'm doing a good job. So, I mean, we'll see how we do. I don't know. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. All right. I'm, now you made me a little bit worried. But, um, so let's, I mean, I know you, I've known you for a while uh, from back on our TCNJ baseball days. Um, but I want everybody else to kind of get, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit better idea about who you are. So why don't you take us through like, you know, I just said you went to TCNJ. So why don't you take us from like college to now? Like how'd, how'd you get here sitting with me on my show? Yeah. Well, first off, I guess a, a place to start would be to call you my teammate or my coach. I don't know. You were both. So at different sure. points of my collegiate career, you were a teammate of mine my freshman year and then a coach of mine my sophomore year. So that was always a dynamic that was interesting for all of us young cats on the team. Like, oh, co- Coach Ham, Mike Ham, uh, you were kind of super chill about it. But yeah. we all had like your respect was ours. So uh, we, we kind of went whatever worked in the moment on the field, a little Coach Ham action off the field. What's up? What's up, Ham? What's up, Mike? It was great. But right. in general, um, I got here, I guess, by just kind of tried to be opportunistic with things. And I was very excited entering college to play baseball. Uh, and playing at TCNJ was a really great experience. I only played my freshman and sophomore year. And then going into my junior year, I was considering maybe making a switch and trying out for football. I was considering maybe not even playing baseball at all. But I was like, you know what? I'm going for baseball. I was going to stick with it. We're going to give it our best. And we'll see what happens. And um, I actually got cut that, that fall, junior year. And it was kind of a weird thing because in a way I was relieved. In a way I was like, okay, this opens up opportunities for me to do other stuff. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't going exactly my way as far as on the field stuff with baseball. Anyway, I think my housemates may have been a bit more upset than I was. So I took that opportunity to start the podcast, which I did in college after that year. Uh, I was an ambassador at TCNJ, which was really cool, giving tours, working with freshmen, uh, meeting tons of new people. Uh, and then I ended up finding my first legitimate internship that summer as well for True TV, where I worked uh, with the Impractical Jokers, amongst some, some other shows. Big fan. So I, I feel like I tried to just always make the best of the opportunity I had at hand, which when I was playing baseball, was playing baseball. And then when I wasn't, it was finding new opportunities, whether it be you know, calling a football game at TCNJ for the radio station finding the internship, starting the podcast, et cetera. Uh, and then after that, obviously I had a couple of jobs. Now I'm at Disney and that's really more or less how I ended up really going after the things I'm going after now. So you started the podcast back in college. Yeah. So uh, John Lucas Duffy and I, who you also coached, <clears throat> he was one of your pitchers actually. Um, we were watching tons of basketball together just every night. It was the year the Warriors went bananas and they really took off from a good team to an amazing team. We were watching. We we're like, dude, we love talking this stuff. It was my dream for a long time to be a uh, talk show host. So we started recording it on a Mac in my bedroom in Ewing, New Jersey. And uh, it sounded like crap. <laughs> so hopefully some of our takes were better at least, but right. um, sounded like crap, but we had fun. And it, getting it off the ground and actually posting an episode my senior year of college, I think led me to actually start it more legitimately 
uh, once I graduated. Like if I didn't have that little groundwork of really posting stuff, even though it may have not been that good, I don't know if I'd be doing this, you know, four years later. Right. I mean, that had to be, so what, what year was that? I forget when you graduated. I graduated in 16. So yeah, about 15, right. 16 range. I probably would have started it on SoundCloud or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, still, I mean, that's whatever that is now, like four years worth of experience and I'm working on a month. So um, that's why I was nervous walking into this, but I think we're doing good so far. So I want you to tell us a little bit uh, more about what you do at Disney, just because I didn't know that until you told me like the other day. Um, so tell us like what you do there. Yeah. So um, I am a digital account manager, which really could mean just about anything. If you're, if you're being honest, uh, account manager is probably one of the most blanket terms across the professional world in general. But for me, it's about advertising on digital platforms across the uh, Walt Disney Company. So that includes ABC, Freeform, FX, ESPN, National Geographic now. I mean, Disney seems to have their hands in a lot of pots. Right. Uh, so I, I manage different advertisers and campaigns, make sure they're uh, you know, doing good as far as delivery, impressions, how can we do better, you know, what shows are, are going to really rock with this advertiser, basically working with the client, keeping that relationship fresh. I'm not doing sales. I'm doing post-sale. Uh, and I am making sure that these, you know, sometimes $50,000, sometimes $500,000, sometimes million dollar campaigns are delivering to their best ability. Yeah. Cool. So then, so how, how long have you been doing that for? Just about a year, actually. Okay. Almost the date. I started mid-August last year. Cool. Cool. So then... Uh, you're also doing some stuff at WFAN, which is, I mean, like I was telling you before we got on, um, like I remember as a kid, similar to, I mean, I guess somewhat similar. I mean, I, it was an older, crappier computer, but like I would sit in my parents' house and like record stuff on their like old Mac or whatever we had, like the big tower with the, you know, monitor or whatever. Um, and it just like happened to have a microphone. And like, I would just pretend like I was Mike and the Mad Dog, or I would pretend that I was, you know, whoever. Um, and then never really did anything with it until now, you know, now like 20 years later, but, um, so how, how did, when, when did that start? When did you start doing some stuff with them? This is something I've been into pretty much my entire life. I was probably that annoying kid with my dad at the baseball game who was like saying things that no one cared about except for me. Some guy from the Rocky steps up to the plate. I'm like, you know, this guy's batting over 350 his past week. <laughs> And my dad's like, I don't know who he is and I don't really care. But it, it's been something that's been in, uh, in my brain for a long time. I think high school specifically is when the talk show specific angle became a thing. I would drive into school with my friend's dad. I'll never forget, we, you know, carpooled to school in the morning and he would have on uh, Boomer and Carton. And I was like, this is their job to just, you know, talk like this and have fun. And, and this is amazing. This is what I want to do. And then in high school, I was part of the TV station in college, I did the TV station and the radio station and obviously started the pod. So it's definitely been in my brain for a long time. And uh, I think it's almost a problem where, you know, some people say they need to maybe talk more and figure out a way to make a five-minute presentation, 10-minute presentation. I need to make a 10-minute presentation five minutes. Right. So I, I could talk for days, which is yeah. part of the problem, I think. But it's why I love doing this type of stuff so much. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about the podcast more. Um, so it wasn't always the Subway Sports Talk. It was something else, right? Correct. Yeah, it was a Sports Blog New York podcast. And that's okay. kind of a mouthful, I guess. It, yes. it was okay when, when you get used to it. But uh, basically, when I was in college, there was somebody I knew from home who had a really successful Twitter account, you know, over 30,000 followers. And I was like, you know, this might be a nice little launch pad to get some people to click on my podcast, even though I'm a nobody. Let me see if he's willing to work with me. And he was great. We worked together for a long time. As life moves on, his professional life took off. Mine did as well. 
the Twitter maybe plateaued a bit. And that's just being honest. I hate to say it, but it's true. You know, the Twitter plateaued. A lot of the users who were following were probably from 2012 and not 2020 anymore. Right. It felt like a great opportunity in this quarantine to refresh, rebrand, and just come at it with something that's really mine instead of something that just worked because there was a good Twitter account involved. So it was just a good opportunity. And uh, I I racked my brain for months trying to figure a name out. Finally, Subway Sports Talk came to mind. I was like, I don't even love it that much. I think it's great, personally. I I mean, it's actually growing on me. But when I first thought of it, I was like, "Eh." and and now I'm like, (laughs) if I didn't just finally pull the trigger, I'd still be probably, you know, meddling somewhere with no rebrand and whatever. So I'm excited I finally pulled the trigger on it. Do you know how many like different iterations of the morning spotlight I went through when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to call this? It was like, like literally like, like for a week, that's all I did was like, I would just like write down like, you know, spotlight something or whatever it was. And then, um, like I was telling you before, like this started as a LinkedIn video series that I just called the morning spotlight because in the morning we would spotlight someone. It was very simple, very basic. (laughs) And I worked for 12 weeks to like build up that brand. And then finally I was just like, what am I doing? Like, why am I trying to change what I've already been doing? Let's just keep it, you know, and then we'll just market it a little bit better. So that's kind of how that happened. But yeah, yeah, your setup is like fire too. I mean, you're looking legit with the background. The backdrop is awesome. You got the shirt to match. I'm like, I got to step up my stuff over here a little bit. Oh, you got to have the merch. That's how you get the brand out. You always got to rep the brand. I'm I'm trying. I need. I think I need a hat, a dad hat with a little some sort of logo here. Yeah, I don't know. definitely. Maybe Rock and Puma. They're not giving me nothing. Unbelievable. <laughs> we'll have to tag them and ask for something when we uh, when we post this. Um, all right. So, tell us more. I, I, we just talked about like the very broad topic of the of your podcast. So tell us uh, about the stuff that you guys talk about. It's obviously sports, but dive into it a little bit more. For sure. So uh, the, the simplest tagline you can get is New York and national sports podcast because the New York flavor or edge or whatever you want to say is really important to me. I'm from New York. I'm a fan of New York sports teams. I love New York sports, but I'm talking about more than just the Knicks. You know what I mean? I'm not going to just sit here and talk about the Knicks and the Nets because let's be honest, like there's so much more that I care about. And I think there's more that people in New York care about. And that's one of the nice things about this area. People really have interest about the entire leagues, especially with NBA's uh, growth and popularity and the NFL baseball, probably a little harder to go national, right. but New York and national sports podcast. I have basically a group of co-hosts um, where I have like my baseball guys and then I have my basketball guys and they're pretty consistent where, you know, hopefully the listeners get to know, not just me, but get to know my guy Duffy or get to know my guy, Alec, who does baseball stuff with me. Uh, and then now, you know, just trying to reach out to new people uh, to have on guests, different writers, different podcast hosts, athletes, if I can get a hold of them and just try to have good conversations where it's not about hot take. It's not about all this stuff, even though we love a good hot take. Who doesn't? But who doesn't? Um, yeah. <laughs> but we're just trying to have fun conversations, keep, keep it moving and just give people that that podcast where they turn it on, they're going to say, Oh, I, I thought about something differently than I did before I listened to it. And I had a pretty good time. And that's kind of my goal. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I've listened to a few. We're going to get into some of the stuff that your baseball guys were talking about in your preview of the season episode, which I Uh-oh. think Uh-oh. I don't want to get into it now because <laughs> we're, 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 we're going to get there, but um, all right. So one of the things that when we first talked about you coming on this show, one of the things that you said to me was like, you're very interested in the future of, podcasts, the future of media, the future of radio. Um, so I, I do find that very interesting because like 
maybe four years ago when we were, when you started your podcast, I'm sure it wasn't as washed out with as many podcasts that exist right now in the, you know, podcast sphere. Um, So maybe talk about a little bit, uh, you know, what you see as like the future of that kind of stuff, because obviously there's, there's, uh, you know, podcasts and stuff like that that are insanely, insanely successful out there. But then there's other ones, maybe like this show that are like not as, not as popular, you know? I mean, like, I don't get, you know, a hundred thousand downloads an episode. I, you know, I, I'm not going to say my number, but right. you know, it's not that number. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. And it's a fascinating conversation because how long uh, or how many times have we heard in the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years, radio's dying, radio's dead. Uh, music is changing. These artists aren't getting paid the same. And then podcasts start really picking up steam. And it wasn't probably until, like four or five years ago that that steam turned into like a legit fire where it was like, holy crap, this thing is cooking. Um, but I don't think audio is going anywhere. I think it's growing. I think it's one of the most trustworthy platforms we got. And I think it's important to now say radio as audio, just audio category in general. Right. Um, and, and where my brain kind of comes from is my professional experience is actually in the realm of advertising. So I had a year and a half, almost two years at CBS on the linear front. So doing actual, you know, traditional television sale, ad sales there. And now I'm in digital at Disney. So my brain automatically was think about advertising. And if I were an advertiser, I'm just speaking for myself here, not actual clients, but tracking these impressions is so important, right? And talk about TV and you get ratings, TV ratings. What do they mean? What are you actually getting? It is kind of an assumption based off of algorithms and whatnot. It's really confusing. And from my opinion, a podcast is not confusing. You get exactly how many people download it or exactly how many people listen to it or stream it or whatever. Uh, You could even track now a lot of these companies track if the ad was listened to specifically or not. If I'm an advertiser, that's what I'm going for. So from a industry-wide perspective, I don't understand. I would never think that podcast or audio is going anywhere. It's one of the most interpersonal uh, mediums, if you will. I think podcasting radio shows, you feel like you're really knowing the person, you're with the guy, whereas TV, who knows if it's on in the background. You're not just throwing a podcast on usually because you don't care. You're just looking for something. It's usually something you like, you trust the host, and all those things to me combine for a great advertisement experience for clients, for consumers, for everything. And that's why I have pretty strong confidence that this industry isn't really going anywhere. It's just changing and trying to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Because like for me, the audio side of it, I think is a good way to describe it. Because like I, I've always thought that radio, you know, everybody, like you said, is, is say that it's dying, but it's still a free medium for people to go and get the stuff that they want to listen to. Like you can turn on now Boomer and Geo and just like in the morning when you're driving to work and just listen to them talk about sports and, you know, like call in and yell at them or whatever you want to do. Right. Um, or, I mean, like if you're, if you're not going to listen to the morning spotlight in the morning, you know, when you're driving to work or whatever, you can listen to it whenever you want. doesn't matter. You know, so I just think that it's just like a great way to consume whatever it is that you want to consume because you don't have to sit down and like watch TV. You don't have to read because who does that? Um, I think, well, I was just going to say one guy and he's somebody who rubs people the wrong way a lot. Colin Cowherd. I don't know if you are a fan of the herd. Not a big fan. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people aren't a big fan, but he speaks on the industry every once in a while. And I appreciate that. He's a guy who I like really respect uh, as far as how he does his job and how good he is at being a solo host. It's really yeah. impressive, even though you could disagree with all his takes. I'm just saying that. Right, right. Yeah, I understand. I agree. He'll, yeah, and he'll talk about how you know his TV rating is this, but he got 
X amount of views on Facebook. His podcast hit like 5 million downloads or whatever. And I'm like, that's the future right there. It's not just his TV show. It's not just his radio show. It's his iHeartRadio numbers, his Facebook numbers, and that multifaceted uh, just way to listen to one show specifically. Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the other things that you uh, had asked, uh, told me that you wanted to talk about was the different uh, passion projects and side hustles and, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, I know you said that you see people that are around our age, you know, I'm just only a couple years old than you, not too much, but um, are doing that a lot more. Um, tell us, tell us your thoughts on that. I mean, I guess it depends kind of what industry you work on. Yeah. So obviously, you know, if you're an accountant and you're working 60 hours a week already, I don't know how much time you have for passion projects or right. for side hustles because passion project and side hustle uh, should definitely have a happy medium somewhere where they have the Venn diagram meet up in the middle, but they could be different, you know, but like I said, you're working 65 hours a week, making a, a awesome salary, like all power to you. You probably don't need to have a side hustle. A lot of people, especially in the industry that I'm trying to still navigate, you know, you, you don't start off making that much money. You're not really, you're not rolling in it. You're, you're getting by, especially if you're, you know, paying rent and not living with family or something like that. It, it, it gets tough. And I know a lot of people who move, you know, from out of state to Manhattan, right out of college and get a job that doesn't pay. That's like that great, frankly, you know what I mean? Right. So you have to have these things. And, you know, maybe for some people it is bartending and, or it is, uh, you know, promoting stuff for events or whatever it may be. But then for a lot of people, it's like, what else can I do actually with what I care about or within my industry to help further myself in different ways. And that's how I really started shooting after working at the fan. And I got lucky enough to meet JJ, John Zastrzemski, uh, playing men's go. league baseball, nonetheless. Yeah, right. I literally met him on first base. He got walked, started talking to him. I was like, oh my gosh, but you do what now? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I talk on the fan. I'm a host. I'm like, what? That's crazy. Tracked him down after the game. Like got his number, like got coffee with him. He was so nice, so helpful. He brought me in for an overnight just to hang out and watch. Um, six months later, I graduate college. I'm like, Hey dude, like, what's up? Uh, anything going on over there? He's actually, you know what? They're looking for board ops. They always kind of are. Yeah. Um, and he put me in touch with the guy and now I've been working there for like two years or something like that. Three years. Um, and it's just so important though, because now not only is it second income, not that it's changing my life money wise, but right. a couple extra dollars never hurt. Never hurt. Yeah. Something that I like to do. And it's experience that is helping me so much with, uh, applying for jobs. I'm so much more confident applying for certain jobs now if I were looking um, with that on my resume. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm trying to apply for a job uh, to be a podcast host for somebody. It's like you look at the resume, you, oh, you're an advertising guy. That's not podcasting. Oh, yeah, no, right. I actually work at the fan as well. And I, I just think it's really interesting how many people have to do it, but also use it kind of like as a weapon in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very interesting. So, all right. I want to talk baseball a little bit. Now, I think it was your show. Now, if I'm wrong, you could just tell me I'm wrong, but we're still going to talk about it. Um, I think I was listening to your show, the, the preview of the MLB season that, that we did. And I forget who it was. Again, I, I could be mixing up a couple different sports shows that I listened to, but um, one of your guys was talking about the next man up thing with the Yankees. Hmm. Was that, did that sounds happen, about, right? Sounds yeah. about right. Listen, uh, host with two Yankee fans. So yeah. The next man up thing works in a 162 game season because everyone is going to deal with injuries. When the pedals to the metal in a 60 game season and we're seeing it happen, the next man up thing doesn't work. I mean, like it just, it's very frustrating to watch, but you know, the Yankees right now, I mean, they think they're like four and a half games out of first place. We're recording this on the first. 
I think it's going to post on September 10th. So we do have some time. So maybe they kind of right. figure it out. Um, and Garrett Cole, I mean, what are we doing? Like, yeah, he rough. stinks right now. He stinks well, right let now. Me, let me ask you this. I'm, I'm going to guess you're not feeling too hot about Aaron Boone right now. I, I'll say this. Aaron Boone, his first two years, I think, did a tremendous job. Undoubtedly, I, in my opinion. Undoubtedly. I mean, like, he won 100 games both years, like, his first two years as a manager. Now, granted, his roster was legit, but now, I mean, like, right now he's bringing in guys out of that bullpen, and that's all we ever hear about is the Yankees' bullpen, right? That's all you ever hear about is how good their bullpen's going to be, good their bullpen's going to be. Chapman out beginning of the year with COVID. Britton, he's coming back, I think, like tomorrow or something, but he was out with the hamstring injury. They lost Canely because he, you know, his elbow or Tommy John, whatever he has. Um, and then, like, everybody else they're rolling out is just like, who is this guy? And their rotation, and I have been yelling about this for forever, Rough. horrible. Now, I know that Garrett Cole most likely will turn it around because he's just too good not to, right? I mean, he has, has not had a too bad of – like, this bad of a stretch really in – once he became Garrett Cole that we know now, like, post-Pirates Garrett Cole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like – Spin rate Cole. Spin rate Cole. <laughs> but, like, J-Hap, don't even get me started – uh, Tanaka, I'll never knock Tanaka. I'm a big Tanaka guy, but at the same time, like he's, you know, middle of the rotation, back end of the rotation, just like solid dude. Right. And then Paxton, he's just been all over the place. Like, and the rest of the guys, like, I, you know, half of them, you don't even know who they are. They're just like yeah. these second sight people that are like coming in to just like, I mean, it's basically like calling me up, I guess. Maybe it's, not maybe not that extreme, but... I've seen you pinpoint some pitches, man. I've seen you Every paint. now and then, I, you know, I had my moments for sure. I've seen you paint before, all right? <laughs> I'm not selling, letting you sell yourself short over here. But I actually just had this conversation on the pod that came out uh, this morning, September 1st, where guys like Mike Ford, Mike Talkman, uh, some of the pitchers you mentioned there before, when they come up in 162 and they're looked at as, for Mike Ford or Talkman's sake, the eighth most important guy in the lineup. Yeah. And they hit a couple of home runs or they have a clutch hit. It's like, wow, this is fantastic. I love Talkman. Talkman's actually really good, like sneaky good. Mike right. Ford, sneaky good. But then when all of a sudden you're relying on them to do that night in, night out. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it's a, it's a doesn't look the same. Exactly. Right. It doesn't look the same. And like you said, Tanaka is a guy who, you know, you're, you're never going to get that ace level star that you thought you might have when he first came over. But he's ultra consistent. He competes at a high level. It, it's really... It's and playoff, really, playoff Tanaka is great. Right. Like you love, you want to have Masahiro Tanaka on the mound in the playoffs. Exactly. And it, it becomes a, a thing where Boone and Cashman are like, I never know who to like put and point the blame on. Is it Boone? Is it Cashman? Who's telling people? Who's pulling the strings? Who's puppeteering? But there's been a history with the Yankees over the past few years to really care about tomorrow as well as today. Right. Which is fine when your team's in first place in the division. Uh, you have 162 games to make up for lost time your lineup's rolling, your pitchers are rolling, whatever. In this season where tomorrow is not more important than today because there are so few games, the strategy that Boone has employed uh, is becoming very frustrating for fans. Now, I'm not a Yankee fan, but just reading the tea leaves and watching some of these games, I get it. Like, he's not playing to win the game every night, and you can't right. have that in a 60-game season. Yeah. I mean, and, and, like, I think that what's something that I think a lot is that when you see – you know, Aaron judge go on the 10 day IL in 162 game season because he gets hurt every other week, which is the most frustrating thing ever because he's so good when he's on the field, but he's like, he's like made a glass 
And like Giancarlo Stanton, he's the same thing. Like literally, like if you breathe on him wrong, his calf is going to tighten up and then you'll never see him again. He'll get like 10 at-bats for the entire year. Um, but like, I, I mean, I, I guess to a certain degree, I kind of understand like what's happening. Like I think maybe in this 60-game season, they're maybe more reluctant to really try to push through some of those things because like, you know, Aaron Judge said when he went on the IL the first time, with that, he felt 100%, begged them not to put him on the IL. He comes back for a day and then gets hurt again, and he's on the back on the – I mean, it's just like – I know that was your one of your MVP picks, I think, right? Yeah, it was. I was actually just thinking about it. Thanks for reminding me. No problem. He was doing really well. I mean, he was on my fantasy team. I was really Dude, pumped about it. I was feeling so good about that. I had Tatis in the NL. I had Judge in the AL. I'm like, yo, I'm on top of the world right now. I'm about yeah. to win two future bets. Shout out to Jersey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like – yeah, and now I'm I'm still looking good on the Tatis front, but Aaron Judge hurt my heart a little bit. Can we just talk about Fernando Tatis Jr. for a second, for Love more than a second. Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, he's unbelievable. Like everything about him is what, at least in my opinion, the game should be moving towards rather than moving away from. Like when they told him not to swing on that 3-0 pitch to hit the grand slam that with the seven-run lead in the eighth inning, like give me a break. Like it's a it's a joke. He, let the guy swing. That's so exciting. He's so good. Everything he does is electric. Want to hear my like spin zone take on that take that you just gave? Because I completely agree with you. But here's my spin zone take for that. Give it to me. I saw so many people argue for Fernando Tatis that he should have swing and he shouldn't, you know, worry about swinging three R. Not just do you like you're the best player in the game. You're the most fun player in the game. Do you know anyone off the top of your head specifically who was mad at him for swinging? Other than like the fans of that team that you know got crushed, his own manager and the other what manager, the, his yeah. own manager came out against him. His own manager said in the press conference after that that's a conversation that they're going to have to have to so that he knows how to approach that situation better in the future. Can I? Well, all right, I didn't know his manager came out against him, but because the, the, he, the Rangers manager was really upset, Chris Woodward was really upset. I, I forget the Padres, the name of the Padres manager off the top of my head, but like he. You know, I was like, when that, when that happened, I was just like, what, what is happening? Like, yeah. what is going on with baseball right now? Absolutely insane. But as far as like the media is concerned and Twitter and people who I know and interact with, everybody was on Fernando Tatis's side. So I was yeah. confused who people were arguing with. You know what I mean? Like people were arguing with nobody just saying like, oh, how can you be mad at that? I didn't see many people mad at it. Right. But I got to give you a line that we got from a mutual friend. His name goes by Dave R. I'm oh sure boy. He, <laughs> he's daddy. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> also known as daddy. He texts our group chat and is like, we got the best player in baseball three Oh, with a chance to put on a show. He better be slipping a disc on that swing. <laughs> <laughs> I got to text him. I haven't talked to him in a while, but and um, I read that text and I was like, that is it. Like that's what people want in sports. Yeah. Like excitement. Yeah. Like, MLB has all these initiatives that like speeding up the, the pace of play and all that stuff. Like the three batter minimum thing I think is stupid. Silly. I think silly because yeah. I, I, I really, I don't know because I'm a Yankee fan. So I, I've been watching a bullpen that's not built that way. Must right. Like there's, there's no Randy Choates, like slinging it from the side in, in the Yankees bullpen. And I don't know if a lot of other teams have that, but like, it just seems to me that the way the modern bullpen is, there's not a lot of like lefty specialists or like, one batter guys it just doesn't seem like that's happening but it's just like these band-aid moves that they're trying to get to bring younger fans that maybe are more casual fans to the game when they have it right there like there's a guy who is unbelievable 
He's like flashy. He's really good, you know, and you can just like start going down the line. Like Mike Trout, best player on the planet and one of the best players maybe of all time. And he's only like, he's younger than me, I think. And he's 27. Yeah. Right? And then you have like, you know, other guys like Javi Baez and, and all these other Mookie Betts. Like they're, they're so good at baseball and they have personalities and they're just like out there and they're, you know, Lindor, another guy. Lindor. Yeah. I mean, yeah, amazing. And, it's just crazy to me. Cause you know, everybody talks about getting the kids back into baseball. These are the types of things that get them excited that, that show up on an Instagram highlight. You know what I mean? Like basketball to me is my favorite sport to follow. I mean, football obviously stands above the rest just based off of numbers and owning Sunday every right. single week of the fall and winter. But basketball has this uh, allure to it where you can follow it without watching that many games and pretty confidently speaking of, speak on it. Yeah. With baseball, it's a lot harder to do that because, first of all, MLB is very strict with their highlights, which I'm sure is a business decision that makes sense for them. I'm not going to yeah. argue. I'm just saying. But like basketball, you scroll through Instagram, you got Bleach Report, House of Highlights, all these random accounts uh, that are posting all sorts of videos, you know, six highlights of Jimmy Butler's 40 point game last night, uh, eight of the best shots out of Jamal Murray's 60 point game the other night. You're not getting that with baseball. You, if I follow the Padres twi- uh, Instagram account now, cause I want to watch Tatis and Mattel, yeah, right. yeah. there is no baseball account that is driving the hype. No. And, and maybe the, the hype that's driven for basketball is a little bit shallow in the sense of like TV ratings are kind of down there saying, right. But that hype is still there. That conversation is still there. And that means something for the league. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I just think that like one of the, the beefs, I guess, and, and this does not cover every announcer that exists in Major League Baseball, but like I, I feel like a lot of times like you have like these more old school baseball guys that are announcers for Major League Baseball teams. And the way that the game is played now is a lot different than it was played 10 years ago. You know, obviously like the further you go back, it becomes, it's like almost like a totally different game. And I think that like a lot of times you have, I think the game is kind of shifting back away from just like, let's just everybody hit home runs. Cause you see guys like, you know, DJ LeMahieu, for example, who's like not that guy, but he's one of the, I mean, my opinion bias, but he's really good. No, he's he's no like, joke. he's gotta be one of the best players, at least in the American league. Um, Hundo P. Yeah. And like, but then you have these these guys that like when they're watching the game as an announcer, as an old school baseball guy, are always just like, oh, I don't know, understand like the shifts, and I don't understand why they don't hit behind the shift, and I don't understand why they don't bunt here, and I don't understand this, like why isn't the, why aren't the starters going deeper into games? And like when you're a fan and you're watching that, and you're just you just want to be like, dude, just just shut up and like tell us about like what's happening in the game, like you're you're getting paid to talk to us about baseball like stop hating on baseball. Stop reminiscing yeah. right stop reminiscing stop hating on the way that the players play the game or the way that the game is played or how teams are constructed or what bullpens look like or what people what teams do with their starters there's all a reason for all of it you know they're not just doing it because like they're trying something different and just see what you know throwing stuff against the wall and see what sticks i mean there's there's a method behind all these different changes the game has taken which i think for me at least is a, is a frustrating thing there are good announcers out there and oh. i think they do a really good job like talking about the game and, and you know bridging that old school new school gap and and all that kind of stuff but i don't know just i'm venting a lot no, i mean i, I didn't think realize i was gonna vent this much it's okay man that's what we're that's what it's about these conversations the real the realness comes out that's what happens yeah right here. but it's, like, no, a, it's I think like a therapy session for me you yankee fans i think i i assume you probably would too he's a pretty likable guy david Cohn. love david Cohn. he's one of those dudes who's doing exactly what you're talking about he's an yeah. old school guy who played in a different era of baseball right. 
at a high level. David Cohen was really good. He was a stud. And he understands what matters about the new stuff with analytics. He understands what he can now translate to fans. Because as much as an old head wants to say, ah, analytics, like who needs them or whatever. I'm doing a a bad bad thing here, but whatever. (laughs) Like you do kind of need them. Because it helps fans talk about the sport. Like, does every fan need to understand exactly what war means? No. But if David Cohn or Keith Hernandez or Ron Darling can add in somehow that Pete Alonso's actually been a defensive plus, according to metrics, after he makes a great play, like, those are little things that then give a fan a talking point uh, when they come on the morning spotlight with Mike Ham or uh, when they call into the fan or, or they're having conversations with their friends, like, oh, Pete Alonso, like, he's actually doing this, this, and this, like, that's some of the stuff that you're missing about instead of your, like you said, you're just getting ah the shift. Yeah. Like, why do they shift? Why doesn't he just hit it that way? And you're just yeah. like, because you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> why does it matter? I mean, yeah. they're shifting. He's hitting it into the shift. Don't get beat because if you do, he's going to put it over the wall. I mean like that, that's, that's all it is. Don't fall behind opinion, three and oh with the bases loaded. Imagine you know? telling somebody, that you can't use the information you have to do a better job at what you're supposed to do. That's yeah, what you just have to saying. do like, yeah. you know. If you're anti-shift, that's what you're doing. You're telling somebody who did research, trying to get better, that they can't use that research to do better. Right. It's ridiculous. Silliness. Yeah. I mean, they, like, they used to shift on Jason Giambi when he was with the Yankees. Like, that was like the, <laughs> the first guy I remember seeing like that more extreme shift because like, all he did was just try to hit it over the, over the wall. And roll over grounders in between first and second. Yeah. And uh, I think it, it takes up steroids. Career. You know, whatever. <laughs> Shara's career just completely went to crap after the shift. Yeah. Right. Because it's just, I mean, they figured out a way to beat you. That's all this is, is like trying to beat the other guy at a game. Like what if, know? what if, uh, you know, for example, I liked making the cross sport analogies in this regard. So what if Rudy Gobert for some reason was like really good at guarding uh, Damian Lillard? Just say really bad, like obviously not true, but just say it's true. But then the NBA is like, ah, you got to guard your position. No shifting. Rudy Gobert, you got to yeah. guard uh, Yusuf Nurkic. You can't guard Damian Lillard. That's against the rules. Right. Like that's just silly, right? And that's the same concept as saying DJ LeMahieu, oh, you can't take 20 steps back into uh, right field, even though you know the odds are higher, the ball is going to go there. Right. That's, you can't do it. You're not allowed. Like, yeah. Shouldn't be a conversation. I agree. All right. Do you want to talk about the Mets at all? Is there really anything to talk about with the Mets? Yes, Dom it's Smith, just, man. That's it. That's I like Dom about. Smith. We're talking I, about Tatis. This dude, Dom Smith, has some fun. He hits I lo- yeah. ball hard. Love right. him. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, I am, and I think I told you this already, Jacob deGrom probably is my favorite player in the big leagues, and I'm a Yankee fan. I, I just think he's so good. And he's been like he was the under-the-radar guy when they had Harvey, and then – Cindergard because they were just like you know the dark knight and the thor all that stupid Larger stuff life type stuff yeah and then like he all he did this whole time even in you know i mean he was nails in their postseason run when they went to the world series in 15 and like all he's done since then is just be basically one of the best if not the best pitcher in baseball especially over the last couple of years um and like all this talk i mean about garrett cole or jacob Degrom, it's not even a conversation it's not a conversation. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I'm taking Jacob deGrom every single time. You know what I miss, by the way, about uh, talking to, like, a real baseball guy or someone like you I would consider, like, a true baseball guy as I obviously play with you and being around due to, like, really play baseball is some of, like, the terminology. Like, you just said he was nails in the playoffs. <laughs> 
Like that's not something that a regular fan is just going to be saying. And I, I, no. I love it. it made me reminisce a little bit. Yeah, you got like, I got like the chills, the warm and fuzzy yeah. feeling. Like, you, know? you can just say like the dumbest thing. Like somebody hits a ball into left field and like who knows what's coming out of the people's mouth, but everyone knows what it means that he crushed it. <laughs> yeah, right. I would say probably like, oh, that was touched. Something like that. Oh, you yeah. know, like if he, you know, cr- crushes oh, a ball, it was touched. Yeah. yeah. Subtle. All right. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're, we're rolling here, but um, I want to move this into, unless you got anything else that you want to add before we go into our closing segment. Um, I'm excited for, so NBA playoffs have been undoubtedly exciting from, from my perspective. I think I could objectively say the basketball product has been very fun so far. I'm really excited to see how baseball can create hype around this playoff because it's going to be wonky. There's more teams involved. Um, There should be most of the stars in the playoffs now, or at least more than usual. Uh, It's a real opportunity for them to capitalize and make this more fun because the baseball playoffs have been really, really good. Yeah, they have been. Don't get me wrong. Quality baseball, for sure. But there's not specific hype, specific storylines. I'm hoping they can craft some stuff, and then I have no idea what the hell is going to happen with football. I'm just excited for it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, here we go. We're going to our closing segment, Under the Spotlight. So normally what we do here is we'll ask – you know, somebody for a closing remark or something that they want the listeners to walk away with from. Sometimes with our real estate episodes, we ask for a prediction. Um, so because we just talked sports for the last, you know, 15 minutes, um, we're asking you for certain predictions. So I need three predictions. I need an MLB prediction. I don't care what it is. Okay. If it's, the bolder, the better. The hotter, the better. An MLB prediction, an NBA playoff prediction and an NFL prediction but as we get ready to start the season. What is it, like a week now before yeah. the NFL season starts? So okay. you can take whichever one you want first, but you're under the spotlight. What do you got for us? I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to start with football. Is that okay. cool? Both – are you ready for this? Ready. Both New York quarterbacks have breakout seasons this year. I don't see it. Breakout seasons. All right, so first led by Sam Darnold. I'm a Giants fan, by the way. Okay, and Sam Darnold is a guy who gets pigeonholed into I'm seeing ghosts and I kiss girls and got mono. <laughs> so this, this uh, narrative around Sam Darnold is there's some negativity there and you yeah. can't listen to Jets fans. You can't do it. I'm telling you as no. a non Jets fan. No, you can't. Sam Darnold is a They're ball. Mets fans. Yeah, I mean, like I'm the, also sky, the sky is always falling. Yeah, but at least I'm a, I'm a Giants fan. So I'm, I'm semi-balanced here. But uh, Sam Darnold is a playmaker, and this year we will see that playmaking become a reality. Uh, the offensive line is a little bit better. I'm expecting big things out of uh, the Jets. I think over. I think their over/under is only six and a half. I'm, I locked it in already. I think they're going to win eight games, push for a playoff. Maybe not make it. Maybe that's not a super hot take, but I will say Sam Darnold will be looked at a lot better after this season. And uh, then for Daniel Dimes as I like to call him, not Danny, Daniel Dimes. That's yeah, it's more proper, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure the Giants' success level, but I think um, the fan-wide confidence in, in Danny Jones becomes much more consistent here. And fantasy-wise, he's my sneaky fantasy quarterback guy. Get him in the 12th round and, and ride him out like the entire year. That's my guy. Okay. All right. NBA okay. playoffs, if you want to do that one next. You can do MLB. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care. All right, I think my NBA takes the hottest, so okay. I'm going to – Yeah, gonna save, save that one. Yeah, like, like, please keep the juicy one for the end. Yeah, I think that's the hottest take, so I'll save it. Um, MLB, I, I don't have a super hot take there. 
my take is going to be more of a, a letdown for Mets fans. There will be a point, and I'm going to say, you said this week, this uh, episode is going to come out in like a week or so, right? I'm the 10th, yeah. Okay, I'm saying yeah. there's a point around then, around the 10th, so this works out good, that they're going to rattle off like an 8 out of 10, and we're going to get super hype, and then they're just going to crash again. So literally almost every season for like the last three or four seasons. Exactly. So yeah. the Mets stay consistent and just missed the playoffs, but <laughs> had this moment where we now get excited for next season again. Do you think that the Yankees are they're four and a half games out of first place here on September 1st? The Rays are good. The Blue Jays are exciting as hell, and they're young, and they're like the same types of thing that we were talking about with Tatis and all these other guys, like Vladdy uh, uh, Guerrero Jr., yeah. um, uh, Bo Bichette. Like those guys are they're really good baseball players, and they just got better at the trade deadline, you know, supposedly with the guys that they added. And they're a game behind the Yankees in third place. So do the Yankees miss the playoffs? No. I know. Do the Yankees win the division? I'm going to say no. I don't think so. I, I still have this hope, man. And I don't know if it's because I'm not a fan of the Yankees. I have this, like, unrelenting confidence they're going to figure it out. I, I, okay. It almost pisses me off that I'm like, every day I look at my DraftKings, I open up the DraftKings Sportsbook in, here in New Jersey, yeah. and I'm like, I want to bet on the Yankees to win because, oh, they lost seven out of ten. Uh, 10. They're bound to flip it around. They're, they're they lost good. seven in a row at one point. Right, right. And yeah. now they've won a couple. Well, I guess they're probably like eight out of 11 or something like that now. Eight yeah, out of still not great. It's not what you want for sure. In a 60-game season, I, was it your show that, the, that you guys were talking about the over-under on losses for the Yankees was going to be under 10? The wins. The wins was, uh, was – Oh, the uh, wins. 20, That's right. Oh, no. One of my co-hosts said I can't like, imagine them losing more than 20. Yeah. Right, and I was just like, that is Hey, insane. in a world, in a world where right. they were healthy, it made sense. They were 8-1 yeah. playing like crap in the beginning of the season, so. Right. Why not? All right, NBA, baby. Here it is. This is such a risky take because by the time this episode gets out, this team could be out of the playoffs already, but here we go. Freezing cold take. <laughs> About a bit. It's going to be cold before it even becomes hot. <laughs> it's just going to stay frozen. Um, the Toronto Raptors not only come out of the East, but they beat the Lakers in the finals. Wow. The kawhi Raptors. The ones who are down 1-0 currently against the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, that's bold. We're going to have to revisit that, and I'll make sure that I put that in the show oh, notes. God. To make sure that everyone knows to wait until the very end of this episode to hear how wrong you were. If you're wrong, I hope you're right, because I want you to be right, because it just adds credibility to you, right? It's also, uh, I'm going to say, this was actually a hot take made on the podcast by, I can't believe it, four out of five people on the show picked the Heat to beat the Bucks in the series. Wow. Which is crazy, but they're up 1-0, so we're looking really smart, but who knows. So I'm, I'm saying the Heat are beating the Bucks, the Raptors beat the Celtics, then the Raptors beat the, I, the Heat, Lakers make it to the finals, everybody's like, LeBron's going to walk to this, and then Fred Van Vliet all over the place. Okay. All right, man. We'll have to, like I said, when I come on, you know, Subway Sports Talk, we'll have to talk about whether or not that actually happened or not. But, um, all right. So that's going to wrap up our show. Uh, For everybody listening, if you want to uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at The Morning Spotlight, I'm going to make sure I put Pete's contact information, uh, his Instagram handles, his links to his uh, his show in the show notes. Make sure you reach out to him if you want to 
you know, learn more or whatever, make sure you uh, subscribe to his podcast. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the morning spotlight, or if you want to hear us talking about a certain topic, uh, email us at the morning spotlight at gmail.com or go to the morning spotlight.com. Uh, Pete, thanks for coming on with us today. This was great. Dude, so much fun. I really appreciate you having me on. I love to talk about industry, about sports, about whatever. Can't wait to have a, a home and home, have you on SST. Absolutely. Uh, great fun, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I appreciate you coming on. Everybody else, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Just a reminder that any views expressed in the morning spotlight are the views of the speaker and should not be construed to be the views of any other person, any employer, or any organization. Thank you. We'll see you next week.